everyone. Welcome back to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and today I am going to be learning with you about our furry, scaly, or possibly even slimy friends. And in today's case, it is definitely going to be a slimy friend of ours because we are covering the oh-so-wonderful blue whale. This, of course, is a very special listener episode dedicated to Ty, who wrote in, or rather sent in, an awesome uh, video suggestion from New Zealand. So thank you, Ty, for this suggestion. I have to tell you that as I was doing the research for this animal and just seeing some of those facts, I am very eager to get into the show. And Ty's mom actually sent in a fact about Ty in that uh, he can do a very good impression of me with the introduction to the show and the different facts. When I was reading uh, that submission, as I very much often uh, do with the rest of you guys, that I have a big old smile, a big stupid smile on my face, and I am so grateful to have such awesome listeners and all the way from New Zealand. Now, if you want to submit an animal request, you can do so by three ways. The first one, you can do it through Instagram if you go to the handle at relaxwithanimalfacts. You can also do it the old-fashioned way by sending an email to relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. Or you can also alternatively send a carrier pigeon. That will take just a little bit more time. That isn't exactly an Amazon Prime service. But I promise that if I ever get an animal request by carrier pigeon, that one will be top priority. And so I am going to move on to the reviews of the show so many of you have been leaving uh, reviews, and I so greatly appreciate it. This one comes from Jackie Spam via Apple Podcasts, writing all the way from Australia. So pretty close to uh, today's fan who submitted the animal request. And this is the first three-star review that I have seen, at least, uh, through those reviews. I love and I cherish all reviews from uh, listeners, regardless if they're uh, more critical or anything like that, and they give feedback. It is something that I greatly cherish. So this is a three-star review coming from Jackie saying that there is too much fluff. The first third of the podcast is just rambling on. So thank you, Jackie, for writing in and for taking the time to uh, 
send that feedback. And it is a valid criticism. Absolutely. I particularly wish there was a way on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or really on any of the platforms on which you guys are listening to put a little button to go past sort of the beginnings with the reviews and with the um, the resources that I used and those different things. For those of you that just want to get immediately to those facts, I do wish there was a button for that that you can just press and skip my rambling on. But the reason I do spend any time at all in that beginning, like I am doing right now, is to communicate with all of you, is to go over your reviews, your suggestions, because I cherish everything that is sent by you guys. So I wouldn't want to shortchange all of you in terms of not even communicating with you and being a sort of enigma where I just come on the show, give you the facts, and you have no idea who I am as a podcast host. But that is a valid criticism because this is an animal fact podcast, not a Steph Wolf fact podcast or anything else. And so if the first little bit of the show is uh, something that you want to skip over, if you skip forward in the show, you uh, will hear the environment in which we are in could be water like it is today or the wind in, in a desert condition. And so I know that is not the most convenient thing, but... I currently know of no other way. If anyone does, please send me a message. If you want to leave a review, it doesn't matter what kind. If the show has been helpful for you and you want to leave a review, I greatly encourage you to do so because it helps the podcast grow and it helps me know what you guys like and don't like about the show. And so let's move on to the facts of the episode. Where did I get my facts from? I got my facts from nationalgeographic.com and factanimal.com, as well as the etymology of the word that just means the name blue whale. Where does it come from? I got that from etimonline.com. And so I want all of you to notice where you're carrying some of that tension. It might be in the head. It might be in the shoulders. It might be in the legs, even in the jaw or the face. Try to pay attention to where you're carrying some of that tension and so do your best to relax as we go into the oceans, into this immersive experience so we can see the wonderful and majestic blue whale. 
And so that sound that you're hearing, that noise, is actually the vocalization of a blue whale. And they have so many different kinds of vocalizations, and that is just one of them. The blue whale's scientific name is the Balaenoptera musculus, which is one that sounds quite fitting to this big animal. But what is really a blue whale? The blue whale is the largest animal ever known to have lived on Earth. So that means not just currently it is the largest animal, but in all times of this Earth's history, this animal was always the biggest, at least to our current knowledge through fossil records and things like that. But just to put this into some kind of perspective that we can wrap our heads around, these magnificent marine mammals rule the oceans at up to 100 feet long. That is over twice as long as the T-Rex. The Tyrannosaurus Rex is half the length of this animal, and along with weighing 200 tons. Now, when it comes to things of such a magnificent scale and proportion as in these animals, sometimes the sheer vastness can be a hindrance to our wrapping our heads around it. So, I just want to give a few little facts that we may truly understand the size. Their tongues alone will weigh as much as an elephant, their hearts as much as a standard car, and their 200 tons in total is about 150 Honda Civics if they were to be piled on top of a scale. And so here we are dealing with a marine mammal of serious proportions. In fact, taking the gold medal first place, not only in the current Earth's history of animal sizes, but of all time. The newborn blue whale will weigh around 2,700 kilograms, which is about the same as an adult hippopotamus. For those of us that prefer pounds, that is really close to about 6,000 pounds. And that is just a little baby newborn blue whale. And so this prompts the question, how does the blue whale not only reach this size, but maintain this size? I am speaking, of course, about their diet, because when you have an animal of this size, it is going to need a very high-calorie diet. 
And what is interesting as well is that their diet is going to be nearly exclusively composed of these tiny shrimp-like animals that are known as krill. During certain times of the year, depending on what is going on, one blue whale, one single adult blue whale, will consume about four tons of krill a day. And one physiological, or if you want to say rather, anatomical uniqueness of the blue whale is that they are known as baleen whales, which means that they have these fringed plates of a fingernail-like material known as baleen, and that will be attached to the upper jaws of the whale. These giant animals will feed first by gulping an enormous mouthful of water which will expand their pleated skin on the throat and their belly to be able to take in that water. Then this massive tongue of theirs which is about the weight of an elephant will force the water out through these overlapping thin baleen plates and it will leave thousands of krill behind and then they are swallowed into this creature's belly. And so we may see that these overlapping baleen plates act as a sort of organic sieve in which we, for example, strain our noodles or different sorts of things. This whale has a natural built-in sieve to separate this seawater from the krill. And one quick fact is how old they get, and this particularly was of interest to me. We have seen a pattern in which a lot of smaller animals will have a shorter lifespan, of course, with many exceptions. But in the case of the blue whale, it is going to live to about 90 years old on average, although the oldest known blue whale was around 110 years old. So interestingly enough, the difference in size between us and between whales, our life expectancy, particularly here in the western part of the world, is going to be pretty close to the blue whale. And so let us speak about that initial communication or vocalization that we heard at the top of the show. So they have loud, deep voices and are able to communicate with other whales hundreds of miles away. The sound they make can reach up to 188 decibels. And just so we know, anything that is over 120 to 130 decibels is going to be 
painful for the average human ear. That means that, of course, with their size is going to come also a sizable volume in which they communicate. So I take it that blue whales would not be great whisperers. Only the sperm whale will make a louder sound than the blue whale. And at the top of the show, that one vocalization was really just one. There are so many different little songs that they do. Some of them, if I may say, are a little bit unsettling just because they are so deep because this animal is very large it will sound a little bit eerie but nonetheless provokes a sense of awe when you listen and so the blue whale lives in all of the world's oceans except the arctic occasionally swimming in small groups but will usually prefer to be alone or in pairs. They often spend their summers feeding in the polar waters and will undertake lengthy migrations towards the equator as winter arrives. There are many documentaries, and I have watched some of them of these blue whale migrations, and if you haven't seen them before, I would greatly recommend them. These graceful swimmers cruise the ocean at more than five miles an hour, but accelerate to more than 20 miles an hour when they are agitated. So for those of us that do not use miles, that is about eight kilometers an hour when they are normally cruising the ocean but they can accelerate to more than 32 kilometers an hour when they really want to hustle. One more thing about their vocalizations is that not only are they going to be fantastic communicators as they can communicate hundreds of miles away, but that is going to mean they have to be very astute listeners as well and you will find that the blue whale has very good hearing and scientists think that the vocalizations of the blue whale are not only used for communication with each other but they may use their astute hearing to sonar navigate the lightless ocean depths and I would think that this would be very, very likely or possible. Most blue whales migrate to cold waters to find food and to warmer waters to breed. Females will usually give birth to one calf every two or three years after a pregnancy or a gestation period of up to 12 months and these little guys or maybe these little big guys will be drinking 250 liters of its mother's milk every day 
and it is going to be weaned for around six months. These 250 liters of milk is going to allow it to gain around 200 pounds, not every week, not every month, but every day. That is a figure that in a human context or the majority, the vast majority of other animals is just ridiculous. And although the adult blue whale will eat tons of krill a day normally, during the four-month migration, they will actually not eat very much and survive mostly on reserves of blubber. And there is that word blubber, which is, first of all, a very fun thing to say. But we might ask ourselves, what really is blubber? And blubber is going to fit into the category of adipose tissue. That is to say, fat. So they are these very, very thick fat stores that will not only provide a reserve for energy, but will act as a very good insulator against the cold waters. And so the blue whale prefers not to wear a jacket in the polar waters, but rather to rely on those blubber stores. And so let us move on to the final fact of the episode of this awesome creature. And that is the name. Where does the name come from? And often with these etymologies, they can be pretty bogged down and confusing to track. But it is still cool to see some of the development of this word. So the Old English whale is the first of these uh, tracking backs. And that whale, of course, meant whale, but also walrus. That came from a Proto-Germanic word, then an Old Norse word, a Swedish word, a Middle Dutch word, Old High German, and it goes back really to one of the main words that is going to be of interest to us, and that is going to be the Latin word squalus or squalus, and this is going to mean a kind of large sea fish, which of course I think is a very apt term for this big creature. And so that is the last of the facts of this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about this animal as much as I did. Again, a big shout out to Ty for this episode. If you want to send in an animal suggestion and have your own episode and learn about a particular animal that you find interesting, send a message to Relax with Animal Facts on Instagram or send an email to relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. And so I hope that you will join me on the next podcast episode 
with the next animal. Take care.